It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy draft day, everyone. It is NBA draft day. All the questions, all the answers are right at our fingertips. And assuming this podcast, which will be published at 7 a.m. on June 22nd, is still relevant, we have all the options ahead of the Orlando Magic. It's time to review everything before the big day. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 22nd, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, all the options ahead of the Orlando Magic at 6, at 11, and the second round too. We won't forget about pick number 36 like we've been doing this entire month. We'll get to all that, recap where the Magic stand, what the Magic should be thinking, and who the Magic are looking at coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Well, we have finally made it. All the talk, all the wondering, all the pondering, all the bad trades, all the bad picks, all of it leads up to this day. As Jeff Weltman said uh, on Monday when he spoke to the Orlando media, if you do a mock draft on one day, it will be completely different the next day. Unfortunately, only one day counts when it comes to the mock draft, when it comes to the draft game, and that is this day. Teams will be making critical decisions, important decisions about their futures, adding players that can grow and develop their talent, and a whole lot more. And honestly, the fun part of it all, is we don't know what's going to happen. The fun part of it all is so much can happen. Stuff that we don't expect. Stuff that we do expect. Stuff that we kind of suspect but aren't 100% sure. At the end of the day, it is down to the decisions that are made. And I say this all the time. You know, at a certain point, these picks, all these picks are shots in the dark. Let's be real. Nobody really knows which one of these guys are going to hit? Yeah, sure. Victor Wembenyama looks really, really good. But for every Victor Wembenyama, there's a Kwame Brown, who's also a really can't-miss prospect. Or, you know, sometimes the draft gives you an Anthony Bennett or Michael Olokandi. The fact of the matter is, you just don't know. And at the end of the day, 
what the draft is, at least on draft night, whether you win or lose a draft, is, is really a statement about how much you trust the executive running your team. How much do you trust Jeff Weltman to make this decision right? His draft history's been okay. The Powell Bancaro decision obviously was the 100% correct decision, at least as of now, but there have been a lot of iffy picks as well. Jonathan Isaac hasn't quite lived up to his potential. Injuries playing a big role in that. Mobamba certainly did not live up to his potential, even within the context of the team that he was drafted for, especially the team that he eventually became part of. Chuba Okeke has largely been a miss. Cole Anthony's been solid. Franz Wagner's been solid. Jalen Suggs, the jury, still very much out. The bottom line is, this stuff is not easy. Predicting it is not easy. And, and what you hope as an organization is that you've built a culture where players can succeed, where players can grow, where players can develop and become the best versions of themselves. That part is not easy. Not easy by a long shot. And it's not certain. Not written in the stars and not guaranteed. Even at a spot like the Magic are at with number six. We've talked about this draft and about how so many of these players do have significant flaws. There is no perfect fit for what the Magic are trying to do and what the Magic are trying to accomplish. And on the same token, the Magic are also perhaps trying to get one more bite at this apple, one more high-level, high-talent prospect before they start making a string of playoff games and playoff runs. Trying to figure out who that player is and how they fit into who the Magic are now has been the debate of this draft process. Do you draft a player that fits what you already have and the group you're already building with because the Magic are not starting from scratch here? Or do you draft a player purely on need? Or do you draft a player that's purely based on talent, the best player available? I would always argue when it comes to the draft, take the best player available. Take the best guy on your board. The draft is not a time to play that game. Talent always wins. And in this league, you can trade. Trading is not hard. Look at what happened overnight with the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards, and eventually the Memphis Grizzlies. The Magic do have a lot of options in front of them. And while I don't think they are likely to trade up to get a Scoot Henderson or an Almond Thompson, players that they've been connected to, they probably do have an interest in, I don't think they have, they don't think they're willing to give up the draft capital it would take to get them. I don't think they have the veterans to trade to Portland that they would want. And I don't think they're quite ready to part with Jalen Suggs unless they really do believe Scoot Henderson is their point guard of the future. In which case, then that throws a lot of things into, into chaos and throws a lot of things into trouble. That right there, though, has quietly been the storyline of this draft process, at least the way we're talking about things. Because yes, the trade-up options are Scoot Henderson and Amen Thompson. But at six, I'm increasingly believing that Anthony Black is going to be the pick. On my Orlando Magic Daily mock draft, I believed some of the rumors about Cam Whitmore. And if Whitmore slides past Detroit or Detroit takes Osar Thompson, then I think Anthony Black is the pick. A big guard who can handle it, who can pass really well, who's got a great mid-range game, but 
a really poor outside shooting game, a great finisher, a great athlete, checks a lot of the boxes the Magic like. He is a dynamic player that I think can continue to grow and continue to get better, even though the Magic desperately need shooting, which he does not provide. Again, there's no clean fit here. Alsar Thompson is the same way. A great athlete, a great slasher, a great cutter, a great finisher, a solid finisher. I don't want to call him great. But an improving shooter. Not quite there yet. These are all guys who are going to need time and likely to come off the bench to really begin to figure themselves out. And certainly, they'll have to earn their keep. To me, if Osar Thompson is on the board and, and the draft goes through the top four like we expected to, if Detroit passes on Osar Thompson, I think Osar Thompson will be the pick for the Orlando Magic. I think he is the guy that the Magic would like. I think he fits a lot of the boxes, and I think he fits the best. But if he's off the board, I think they're going to take Anthony Black over Cam Whitmore. I think Whitmore, despite his athleticism, despite his size, despite his scoring ability, I think his kind of low energy play and somewhat his struggles to find a way to impact games outside of his scoring, I think the Magic aren't interested in that. Now, it's certainly possible that the Magic take Cam Whitmore with the intention of trading him. While everyone's been focused on the Magic trading up, I really do believe that there's a better chance the Magic trade down from six than trade up from six or trade six and 11 to move up from six. I think the Magic are more interested in the prospects in that eight, nine, 10 range and believe that they can still get Anthony Black or Taylor Hendricks from UCF, the forward, great rim protector, great athlete, great athlete, good end-to-end speed, solid defense on both the post and the perimeter. I believe they are more interested in players like that, in Black, in Kobe Bufkin, in Kaysen Wallace, in Taylor Hendricks, then they might be on taking that last big swing. Because really, if they want to take another big swing, there are options at 11. We'll get to them in a second. The point is, though, the Magic still have a chance to shape their future. With the sixth pick in this draft, the Magic do not need to hit a home run. A lot of their roster is set. A lot of the roles they want for next year, the things they want to see, are in place. And there's zero indication from this Magic front office that they want to cut corners. They want to skip steps. They want to accelerate this rebuild. Instead, it really does feel like they want to give all of their young players a chance to prove themselves yet again. A chance to grow and develop a little bit more. With that said, there's still a lot of work to do. And the Magic cannot and should not pass up on talent when it falls into their laps. Who that is, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. I've given you what I think. I, I would, again, take Osar Thompson. If he's off the board, I would take Anthony Black. Or I would take Whitmore or Jairus Walker and try and entice a team below me to trade up. That's what I would do if I were the Magic. And that honestly makes the 11th pick all the more important. We'll go over the options and the questions for the Illinois Magic at the 11th pick coming up in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Bird Dogs. You know, I, I went out to the golf course uh, over the weekend 
and I wore my bird dogs pants. It was, you know, one of the first times I've worn my bird dog shorts. I'm not a big shorts guy. I wear the board bird dog slacks. They're really, really comfortable, stre- you know, kind of stretchy fabric. You can pull them off as khakis at work. I wear, wore them to work all the time. But I got to try the bird dog shorts really for the first time out on the golf course. And look, I'm not saying that I got two pars for the first time in my life in a single round uh, because I was wearing bird dog shorts, but I wasn't wearing bird dog shorts for any other golf round that I've done. So something must be, must be right. Right. Well, bird dogs is the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way, way better. They're better than regular shorts, which are made of stiff, restricting cotton. These give you the chance to move around. And more importantly, here in Florida, they give you the chance to breathe. The cloud knit fabric looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool, cool, dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, no promises, that you will get two pars. That's good for me. That you'll do better on golf if you're wearing bird dogs, but it can't, it can't hurt. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we move on and talk a little bit about the 11th pick, let's not forget that Thursday is the big day. We're talking all about the NBA draft. We've been talking about it all the time. Thursday is the big day. Don't miss the Locked On NBA Draft Live on Thursday night. Pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check-ins from inside the NBA Draft. Locked On NBA Draft Live starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time today on the Locked On NBA YouTube page. The sixth pick presents a lot of opportunity. No doubt about it. There are some really interesting and really good players available in this draft. And look, I'm not going to sit here that every single one of them is a guaranteed hit. I think situation is going to matter. I think the player's attitude is going to matter. I think more than ever, Orlando's assessment of the character of the person they're bringing in is going to matter a whole lot more because this is a situation where no rookie is guaranteed minutes in Orlando. No rookie is going to be guaranteed that full look. Everyone's going to have to fight and earn their keep. So the 11th pick then feels like the place where the Magic do need to play it a little bit safer. If they're going to go for the big reach on six, 11 is where they need to make sure that they get someone that can contribute and add something to the roster. That's not to say that all the options are like that. Maybe six is the safe pick. A Taylor Hendricks certainly feels very, very safe. Um, as a high floor, maybe a lower ceiling, but a high floor guy. But 11 feels like it's a place to really begin addressing some needs. And then we'll talk about some needs as well uh, in, in our second round options as well. To me, this is where you get your shooter. I've been saying this throughout our pre-draft process. 
what I want to happen tomorrow night. And I will address this. What I want to happen tonight. It's not it's tomorrow night when I'm recording this. It's tonight when you're listening to this. What needs to happen tonight is the Magic need to get a shooter. Whether that is in a trade, whether that is with this draft pick, they need a knockdown shooter. And it's why we've been so intently focused. It's why every single mock draft has the Magic taking Grady Dick at 11. Why we talked about Jordan Hawkins from UConn. Shooting is a premium skill in this NBA, and the Magic desperately need better shooters. They need it for floor spacing. They need it for defensive respect. They need it for so many things, just to keep up sometimes. Last year's Magic team made a lot of threes. Um, you know their, their percentage was still bottom 10 in the league. They took really few attempts, but they had some big three-point shooting games. When they got hot, they got hot. Everyone's going to get hot in the NBA at some point. But the Magic need better three-point shooters, plain and simple. And so if Grady Dick is the best three-point shooter in this draft, to me, taking him is a no-brainer. Taking him is the obvious choice, is the obvious thing to do. But somehow, that's that may not be enough. Because Grady Dick is somewhat limited player. And there are several other options to look at at 11 as well. I mentioned Jordan Hawkins. That might be a little high for him as, as things have shaken out in this, in this draft process. But the other two options are bigger swings. You're looking at Bilal Koulibaly, uh, played for Mets 92 alongside uh, Victor Wembanyama. Very, very raw athlete. Got the length of Magic Love. He's got like 7'2", he's 6'7", with a 7'2", wingspan. Got the length they love. Plays really hard. Plays energetic defense. This is a guy that makes that checks a lot of boxes for the Magic. And while he is very raw and may not be able to contribute immediately. You know, he's not the playmaker that Osar Thompson is, but kind of the similar deal. What's different about Bilal, about Bilal Kulubali, is he played, he was essential to Mets making the finals in the French League. And that is a high league. The, the progress that he made throughout the course of the season is really, really impressive. It's a really big deal. The other option, of course, is to fill that backup center need that I've obsessed about so much and drafting Derek Lively. Derek Lively is going to enter this league and be a rim protector. He'll probably foul a lot, but he will be a solid rim protector almost immediately. He's got great instincts for blocking shots and contesting shots at the rim. A fantastic second jump. If the Magic are looking for an above-the-rim center, which maybe they need, Derek Lively fits that bill, and I don't think he would be a bad pick at all for the Magic at 12. Or at 11, excuse me. It's just about which need the Magic feel like they need to fill. It might depend on what they do with that first pick. If they draft an Osar Thompson and a guard, maybe they don't feel like they need a guard there. If they know what they're going to do in free agency and that they're going to be able to get shooting in free agency, whether that's a Max Struess, whether that's a perhaps Grant Williams, although I think it, uh, I think Boston can't afford to let Grant Williams go now that they've let now that they've traded Marcus Smart. Um, whether that's a, a, a Lonnie Walker the fourth, perhaps, then maybe the Magic don't push the issue on shooting here. Having said that, if you had to ask me again, shooting is just so so. So important. I would take Grady Dick here. I would take Grady Dick and not think twice about it. 
um, be so fo- be laser focused on him. Make sure you get that one skill that is so important. Invest in that skill and take care of it. Like I, I like Derek Lively a lot. This is the place to get Grady Dick. This is a place to just get it done. And I think that's the direction the Magic should go here. We've we've obsessed and talked about shooting so much. This is where to get it done. Obviously, this draft is an incomplete picture. This draft is not the end of the road. There are more opportunities to add players, whether it be by trade. And, you know, if you take an Anthony Black, all of a sudden your point guard situation looks a lot more questionable with Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony now uh, extension eligible and a rookie point guard uh, on the roster. Although Anthony Black can play both guards, guard spots. Um, a lot gets thrown up in the air if, if that's the investment that you're going to make. But those are the questions that this team has to start asking. This team has to get better. A lot of it's going to come internal, and, and, and Jeff Waltman has mentioned that, and Jeff, and, and that's essentially the call from the team again, is to level up one more time, to get better. And if you don't get better internally, the Magic have to be ready with options because that clock with Paolo Bencaro, as good as we think he can be, is indeed starting to tick. We will ultimately see what the Magic do with these two picks, and, and ultimately the impact and the effect that they are expected to have on this team. But these are big moments. This is a big day for everyone around the NBA, but this is a big day for the Magic to potentially add two quality players. Whether it's Osar Thompson or Anthony Black or Taylor Hendricks or Grady Dick or Derek Lively or Bilal Kulubali, these are all players that I believe can make an impact in this league. It's just about whether they will and whether the Magic can put them in roles and in situations and develop them to a place that they can. When we come back, we'll finally talk about the pick you've all been waiting for me to talk about, the 36th pick in the draft, the Magic's second-round options, and why the Magic never used their second-round picks. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at eBay Motors. For championship team... It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with more than 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
So I've gotten this comment a lot over the course of the last month, and I apologize that I am not addressing it until this day, this draft day, the final day I can talk about it. Um, everyone's asked me, what are the Magic going to do with the 36th pick in the draft? And part of me wants to say, like, look, it's not that important. In fact, under Jeff Weltman, the Magic have had the second uh, a second-round pick nine times. They've had nine second-round picks entering draft day. Um, nine times with Jeff Weltman. He has traded five of them. Just, just let that sink in. He has traded five of his nine second-round picks. Or six of the nine. Sorry, excuse me. I, I, I cut him short. Six of the nine. And the reality is that second-round picks are really, really tough. Um, they can't, they, but they're really, really valuable, too, because they're really cost-controlled. They're kind of free shots in the dark. And when you hit, you really hit. It's a really big hit when you do. The fact of the matter is, Orlando is a franchise and a team that, that, cannot, con- that cannot continue to afford letting these opportunities slip away. At the same time, this is a loaded roster with a lot of young guys. I find it very hard to believe the Magic would bring in three rookies. That the Magic would draft three rookies and roster three rookies this year. That makes it tough to make those picks. And that's why Orlando, for the most part, has tried to kick these picks down the road. Just send it off another year. Even if it's a worse pick, just send it down another year. You don't lose the asset, but you don't use up the roster spot. Having said that, this is oddly a draft where I don't like the players in the late first round, but I really like the players that I think are going to be available in the early second round. Typically, when you look at the second round, and I think this is really the best way to approach the second round, either you're taking a little bit of a swing on maybe a talent that you could stash overseas and let someone else develop and figure out if you want to bring over, bring over, or you could figure out a way to stash them so you're not rostering them and having to spend development time, or you draft a player with a specific skill that's usually an upperclassman so they don't have the upside that teams like to have, um, and you're grabbing someone that can kind of just fit in and be who he is. There are a lot of upperclassmen in this draft class that are worth looking at, especially, and this is like kind of the weird part, end of the first round, early second round, there are a lot of interesting shooting options. Let's start with a few of them. Ben Shepard from Belmont is the first place I want to start. This kid is a shooter. Um, If Jordan Hawkins and Grady Dick are two of the best shooters in this draft and, you know, Brandon Pazinski's in there somewhere, I think he's going to go in the first round. Shepard is right up there with him. 18.8 18.8 points per game, 41.5% from beyond the arc. It's got progressively better through all four years at Belmont. That's important for a senior. Progression is a good thing. He's six foot five with a six foot seven wingspan. So he's a little bit on the smaller side for what the Magic likes, still a plus wingspan. But he's also a really good defender. He was all uh, uh, he was one of the top, he was one of the best defenders um in the Missouri Valley Conference. And while that isn't he isn't superimposing. He's going to hold his own. And again, you're not looking looking for anything big there. He scored 25 points in 20 minutes during a scrimmage at the G, at the combine, which is why he started getting a little bit more buzz. The big concern with him is whether that shooting will extend to the NBA. He shot only 68.4 percent from the foul line last year and 69.6 percent from the foul line for his career. If you watch his shot, it does look very repeatable. It looks he's able to get his shot off quickly. Uh, he's able to, to, he's like automatic on standstill shots, on catch and shoot opportunities. Um, you know, he's not going to give you a whole lot more than that. He's going to defend his position well. 
He's going to hit catch and shoot threes. That's why he's in the second round. But he he does a lot of really good things. And so I keep an eye on, on Ben Shepard. Next guy I want to talk about is, um, let's go, let's, let's hit another shooter, Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. So these, again, kind of smaller conference guys, six foot seven, solid defenders, all West Coast Conference last year, averaged 17.1 points per game as a sophomore last year, starting all 31 games, shot 34.8% from beyond the arc, 78.7% from fouling, 79.1% in his two years at Pepperdine. Eight, he took 4.33 point attempts per game, made, made one and a half of them. Not, not the shooter that Shepard was in the college level, but he's also really, really good. I, I really like Maxwell Lewis's potential option in the second round. Has good size. A little, you know, not the greatest defender in the world. You're looking, you're looking at guys that are going to have some, some flaws. But again, this, these are guys that know their lane. They know exactly what they're good at. If I had a guy though that I would pick in the second round, and I'm honestly just shocked that this guy isn't a, like a unanimous first round pick, it's Houston guard Marcus Sasser. I like looking at teams that win. You know, team. You know, if you're part of a winning team, you know what it takes to win. You know how to do winning habits. Marcus Sasser was the lead guard for two Houston teams that were among the best in the country. He is a great spot up shooter. He can get his own shot off the dribble. He's on the smaller side. He's six foot two, six foot seven wingspan though. So he's got you know got the positional length, the magic light. Defends really well. Understands the value of defense. Kelvin Sampson, make sure you understand that. You know, long you know. That Houston team was really good because of their defense. Sasser does struggle finishing at the basket, and I think his size plays a role in that. Um, he does struggle a little bit shooting on the move in the mid-range, but if you're the Magic, if you're any team really, taking him in the second round, you're kind of taking him to be your third point guard, to be that emergency point guard. Um, and look, I know the Magic's point guard room is crowded, but they do lack that third ball handler, that third kind of primary ball handler. If I, you know... If I had my druthers, I I might pass on Anthony Black and and go with Taylor Hendricks uh, if Osar Thompson's off the board, and then make sure I get Marcus Sasser in the second round. That way, I'm kind of locked and loaded at that point guard spot. Sasser knows exactly what he is. He's going to take advantage of things the defense gives him. He's going to play hard. He's going to defend well. He knows what it takes to win. So I really really like Marcus Sasser. He's honestly, I'm still shocked. You know, again, and some of it is he's a senior. He's he's on the older side. He's 21, 22 years old. Um, but he's going to come in and he just gonna, he's going to know exactly what he's supposed to do, and he's going to do it. That's that's great. You want that. The other guy I'd take a look at is Tristan Vukovic, um, European player, six foot ten, great shooter. Again, just kind of in the mold of a lot of the, the skilled European players that we're seeing. He's big. He can shoot from the outside. Very skilled offensively. Still learning the finer points of defense. Still learning the finer points of, of getting some strength and, and, and learning how to, how to defend there. But again, shooting is such an important skill. I think you do have to look at Vukovic. Um, he might be a guy that you stash overseas for a couple of years, see if he can continue to get better. Uh, but uh, that's that's definitely a guy I would look at too. There are a lot of other options. Andre Jackson from UConn as well. Again, really energetic defender, really athletic player, not very skilled at the moment. Um you know, there's. I saw the tweet today that someone says someone's going to get Andre Jackson. Everyone's going to go, oh, that's a good pick. I, I don't know if I'm quite there with him yet, but the energy is there. You know, he's going to play hard. You know, he's going to defend. You know, he's going to be an athlete. Those those guys, you know, guys who play hard tend to stick around, and 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 and, and I like I like that about him as well. There are obviously a lot more second round options. Um, you know, like I said, I think Brandon Pazinski is going to be gone. 
I'm not a fan of uh, Jamie Hawkes uh, from UCLA. He's kind of a six eight low post player. Uh, that I, I don't think the shooting's quite there for him. Trace Jackson Davis is an under, undersized center. I, I don't think he's an option. You know, you know, big college guy uh, had a bunch of triple doubles in college, but I don't, I don't think he has a size to to hang in the NBA uh, for the style of play unless he develops a more consistent three point shot. Um, there's there's a lot of these guys out there like that. Um, but I do have my list of second rounders, and and I think you know we'll see. You know, maybe Kobe Jones from Xavier Falls to the Magic. I, I'd really like him. I have I've had him as a first round prospect for a while now. So. Um, you, you never know what's going to happen on Thursday. Maybe Derek Whitehead's there. Maybe no one wants to bite the bullet on Derek on Derek Whitehead. Maybe the Magic do park him in uh, park him in, in, in Osceola and Kissimmee for for a little bit, let him get healthy, and then bring see if the talent shines through when they bring him back up to the main roster. We we, we would see about that. But there are a lot of opportunities. Obviously, a lot of trades. But those are kind of the, all that you know the cards on the table right now those are kind of the things that i'm looking for those are the players that i'm looking for those are the players i'm watching as we get set for this nba draft and obviously all of it's probably wrong <laughs> to be to be perfectly honest um we go we, there's a lot of group thinking draft prep there's a lot of confirmation bias it's a lot of smoke screens and teams don't let us know what they're really thinking and benefit from kind of the draft machine slotting guys where they get slotted instead of where the NBA actually has them slotted. So as always, there will be surprises. There will be trades. There will be so much going down Thursday. And we'll be here to recap it all on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Just your tune in. Him on Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public channel podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll have a bunch of really good goodies throughout the day, heading into the draft, and, of course, complete recap, complete analysis of the Magic's draft pick as it happens. I'll be at the Advent Health Training Center for the Magic's media availabilities um, with the draft. We'll zoom in with the, with, the, with the draft pick, so we're all very, very excited to meet the newest member of the Orlando Magic. Uh, we'll recap all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, so make sure you stay tuned. Head to orlandomagicdaily.com as well right now. I have my list of second-round prospects that should be up in the morning, as well as, of course, Mock Draft 3.0. Finally got it done yesterday. Um, you can check out my picks for the Orlando Magic and for the entire first round up on orlandomagicdaily.com. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Have a very, very happy Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.